0: I've had the opportunity from time to time to use stories of near-death experiences in a sermon. Today, I thought I would switch things up with a near-birth experience, or rather, a near-rebirth experience. It's one of my favorite stories about an almost collision with a baptism. Here's the scene. My husband has a good friend with a very rustic cabin up near Mountain Home. You need four wheel drive to get there, and the only refrigeration for one's beverages is to stick them in the creek nearby. One hot summer day about 20 years ago, Jason and Matthew decided to grab a couple of old pool floats and drift down the creek as far as they could. They figured it would eventually feed into the White River, but they weren't sure how long it would take to get there. They patched the holes in those old floats and set out, probably with a couple of those beverages. And after a good hour or so of being lazily swept along by a gentle current, they rounded a bend, and before they could stop themselves, they came upon a group of people waiting in the creek. They were dressed in white, all focused on a man in robes who had just dramatically dunked someone under the water and lifted him up again. Jason and Matthew panicked. They were about to drift right through the middle of a baptism on swimming pool floats. It was too late to stop and go around without a lot of splashing and calling even more attention to themselves, so they flashed a couple of sheepish smiles and drifted by much more slowly than they would have liked. <laughs> now, despite the awkwardness of the situation, both young men were intrigued by the experience. They had both been baptized as children in mainline churches. They didn't want to be rebaptized necessarily, or fully dumped— But something about that gathering caught their attention. What was it, exactly? Was it the group's spiritual presence, or their obvious joy, or the intensity of that gathering? Was it the simplicity of a baptism in a river that made an impression? Whatever it was, it felt both tangible and intangible, the way baptisms always do. What exactly happens in baptism, theologically speaking, has been debated for centuries. It was once believed, for example, that baptism is our one chance to have our sins washed away in this life. For this reason, people would put off baptism until their deathbeds. If they lived much past their baptism, they ran the risk of sinning again. Even Emperor Constantine in the 4th century is rumored to have delayed his baptism as long as possible for fear of Pope post-baptism sinning. And that's certainly not the only issue when it comes to the sacrament of baptism. People also argued for millennia whether baptism secures a good place in the afterlife. And some people still argue about that. I've preached in the past on some of those thorny issues, but on this day, when we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, what strikes me is the profound simplicity of baptism. By some divine providence, we have inherited a practice that makes what is holy, what is intangible, quite tangible in water— Just like bread and wine and oil, Jesus made sure that we would always have the ordinary things that we need on hand in order to touch the holy with our bare hands. In baptism, God reaches us with something as touchable and ubiquitous as water. It's genius, really. As to what baptism means, the gospel writers had different ideas particularly around the confusing issue of why Jesus would need John the Baptist's baptism of repentance. Certainly the Messiah himself did not need his sins washed away, or a ticket into heaven, for that matter. Matthew simply notes that Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. He actually seems to be more taken with the next detail— which is about the Holy Spirit. Suddenly the heavens were opened to Jesus, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. This detail brings us right back into the tangible and intangible mystery of baptism. The Holy Spirit, tangible enough to be in bodily form like a dove, there was some kind of holy presence but the Spirit was intangible enough to be only like a dove. It's a mystery we can't quite grasp, but the Church insists that the Holy Spirit is distinctly present in baptism based on the biblical evidence. The prayer book honors this mystery with the words in the baptismal service, We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing I have learned about baptism from all these years of baptizing babies and adults alike is that baptism is fundamentally a welcome into Christian community, made possible by the Holy Spirit. In our wing of the Christian Church, we make promises based on a baptismal covenant, especially that we will walk this path together. Our focal point is no longer ourselves alone, but our Savior, who lived and loved and rose again. We renounce the forces in this world that rebel against God. We pattern our lives on a covenant of prayer, service, and love. We learn... Over time, to trust in God's grace, we learn to have hope. We learn to forgive one another and respect the dignity of all. Maybe all of that feels kind of intangible, but it is touchable in the water of baptism. Now this seems like a good moment for a priestly public service announcement. If you would like to be welcomed into this holy way of life through the waters of baptism, let us know. We baptize at any age, trusting that God's grace will work on any of us, no matter how much or how little we understand in that sacramental moment. We will pour a little ordinary water into the marble font and say a prayer of thanksgiving and consecration over it. We will baptize with three scoops of water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We trust that the heavens will open up and the Spirit will descend like a dove. Guided by that Spirit, we will promise to pattern our lives along with yours on the way of Jesus. And from time to time, on a day like this, we will renew our baptismal covenant, giving thanks for this tangible community that helps us to see the holy in our midst. For all of the theological debates about baptism, one thing is sure. Whenever there is a baptism, we will be as taken by it as two young men floating through the sacrament on an Arkansas river. The holy one coming to us through ordinary water is always a wonder to behold. Amen.